Ah, the intro is happening right now. Hello, I'm interviewing oh. Matt J today. A uh, popular ETF tool player, owns a Discord, pretty chill person, runs a lot of community stuff. Uh, if you're familiar with Gata Esports and that Discord, it's he's your man. Anyways, go ahead and introduce yourself. Talk about yourself. Well, I'm, uh, hi, uh, my name is Matt. Uh, I go by Maje or Big Papa Matt, depending on you know Discord or usually just people call me Matt. Uh, I've been leading Gaeta Esports uh, now. So it's a retired team. I've been leading it for four years. I stopped in 2021. Uh, I've reached Prem. I've played for the Nations Cup. I've been the captain for Team France. Um, I yeah, and I, I have Gaeta Discord. <laughs> it's <laughs> It's kind of a private Discord, but like it's you know relatively known in EU, and there's a couple of people in there, and we just you know share cool shit. So yeah, and maybe about me more. Um, you know, I'm I'm 24 years old. Uh, I'm I have a couple of plans in my life. I'm working right now. I'm saving up some money, and uh, hopefully everything can you know be set in order. And uh, yeah, it's kind of cool. Hmm. Okay, so how did you get into TF2 first? Like on a casual level, how do you start off? What class were you initially playing, and and whatnot? That's a great question. Uh, basically, the, the first time uh, I played TF2 uh, was November 24, 2013, at around 3 p.m. <laughs> and uh, the reason why I played this game is because uh, back then I was in high school and uh, my uh, buddy hit me up uh, like a couple of months ago and he said, bro, I played this game called Team Fortress 2 and they added this update with like robots and it's so cool and I have an inventory and there's like, you know, real currency and you can sell your inventory for money. And I was like, bro, you're bullshitting me, no way. And um, then like at this time, I remember my, like at November, around November of 2013, um, my Xbox passed away. It died in its sleep. And uh, I was like, you know what, I, I'm, I'm fucking coping. I'm a nerd. And so I got to play video games. And so I was like, I'm going to move to my PC and see what I can get. And I installed Steam, and I remember my buddy telling me, hey, TF2 is pretty cool. So I installed TF2, and uh, I started playing. And uh, I played, uh, as I think most people did back then, uh, I joined the 2 fourth server, and I started playing Sniper. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I got into, into TF2 originally. And then I played it on and off, and uh, I started playing Comp. Uh, I think around the beginning of 2016, I was in my last year of high school. Uh, I started playing Valve Comp because back then I had no idea what was going on with the TF2 and all that. And uh, I tried to, you know, kind of understand, get an idea of how it was like working, and it was shit. Uh, I think we all know we're all familiar with the Valve Comp, uh, the Valve Comp uh, game mode, and it's uh, it's super super bad. And it was bad back then already. Uh, I still think it was better though. To be fair, like the the original like pre uh, meet your match update, I th I think it was better than what like it became after. So that's, you know, it speaks volumes about how fucking bad it is right now. Can I swear, by the way? I'm oh, yeah, a bit go ahead. Bit. Yeah, okay, cool. Right, I don't want to, yeah. So, yeah, like, I played that. And then around the summer of 2016, after I graduated high school, uh, I tried to make a team with my friends, and it didn't really work out. And then from there, I just kind of went into comp. And then, yeah, I mean, there's more to talk about this, but I don't want to, like, spoil everything for one question. So. I'll let you move on to the next one. Of course, of course. So, um, what was your what was your initial motivation to get into competitive? Though, what was the drive? Like, what ticked in you that made you say, "I want to start taking this game more seriously"? Uh, challenge. Uh, I I huh. guess yeah, absolutely challenge. I'm a very competitive person. Uh, even in real life, I'm a very competitive person. I'm always trying to push myself uh, through boundaries. I mean, you know me. Uh, I'm uh, I'm a gym rat in a way, you know. I, I train a lot. I, I like uh, I like fighting sports and all that, and um, I like to push myself through everything that I, you know maybe I would think is not possible. And uh, I was a big nerd back then. I mean, I still kind of am a nerd, you know, by heart. But I was like a nerd, like a nerd nerd back then. <laughs> and like <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna see uh, how far I can take it. And to an extent, also, I think I was pissed. Uh, it's kind of dumb to say, but I was pissed when I started like playing this because like I joined the team in open, which is a uh, main I think for RGL. It's like the lowest div, and I joined the team in open. Or I think it was even worse. It was UGC steel, so it's even worse than open. It's like the, the bottom of the barrel. And I joined an open team, the steel team, excuse me, and um, it was led by this like twelve-year-old guy uh, that I'm not gonna name. Which we're cool now, like we still speak. It's kind of funny, um, but 
and this is where I met also my number two, which I'm going to talk about because he's a very remarkable person. So I want to talk about it. Sure. Um, but like he, like we were both in this team, and it was no, actually no. We met in ETF12. We we started playing ETF12 with this guy, and uh, the, we played one official. It was a mess. I was, I think, I was supposed to play med actually originally before I decided to play like med, and uh, I was supposed to play heavy. He was forced to play heavy, <laughs> and like. I went in and uh, we played 8v9 against, I think, a team that was pretty experienced. So we got absolutely destroyed. And then, like, some other people were like, hey, you know what? Like, fuck this guy. Let's make our own team in uh, UGC Steel and uh, try to do our best from here. And I was like, all right, sure, let's do it. Uh, as long as I play Spy, because I was meaning Spy back then. And uh, yeah, it's a big taboo. It's, it's a joke around me and like my friends who know me. It's like, hey, you sure you main medic? You sure you don't main another class that like you're always making fun of? And it's like, no. <laughs> so anyway, um, I mean spy back then. I admit it. All right, nobody's perfect. And um, I was like, all right, I'm gonna join if I can play spy. Well, I kind of you know forced my way through. And uh, I really quickly noticed that the management uh, of this team pissed me off to like the utmost extent. Uh, it was super bad, and I was thinking to myself, I can do so much better. I, like, if I was in charge of shit, everything would be easier. And so I decided, all right, well, I was pissed. It was kind of out of spite. I thought to myself, I'm just going to kick this leader out, which is also a, a reoccurring theme with me. Uh, I'm going to kick the leader out, get the other people who are motivated, tell them to follow me, and then make my own team. And uh, I did. And I made the worst team of my life. <laughs> what team and would that I be? My mistake. Uh, it was, uh, I think it was called Pre-Game Tryhards back then. Ooh, 2017. And, um, and weird times. <laughs> and uh, I made this team and I tried to manage it super hard. But it was open and people were very unmotivated. And I tried. I was like, all right, let's do map talks. Let's do demo reviews. And I was trying my ass off. And my girlfriend at the time was super pissed at me. She was like, come on. You always do that. I was like, I gotta make this shit happen. <laughs> and like, you actually were the meme holy shit oh yeah well i mean i just had a girlfriend you know <laughs> but like back then you know it was uh she was pissed at me dude she was like man you're spending too much time playing video games like let's fucking go i'm gaming <laughs> gamer moment I, I i was in fact gaming uh but i wasn't losing i wasn't winning but i was gaming and um I tried to learn about the about the team and like what to improve and all that. And uh, after the last week, when I realized that the team was completely hopeless, I disbanded it. And I kind of told people to fuck off. I was like, all right, whatever. And this is the only season uh, where I didn't play with my number two, which I met in the previous team, uh, which is still a great, great. I mean, he's more than a friend to me. He's like a little brother almost. I've said a couple of times. Um, he's like my number two and uh, he's played NG for my teams every time and he's called Honjo and um, back then when I met him I was uh, I was 18 and he was 13 and then he turned 14 pretty quickly after and uh, now it's crazy to think that like he's uh, about to turn 20 so it's I uh, yeah so I met Honjo and um, he played for every single one of my teams in every single league every single division I'm gonna go on to more details about it like when we talk about Gaeta itself alright uh, but yeah like it's uh, it was crazy, and this was the only team where he didn't play, and it was a disaster, so probably it was a sign. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then from there, uh, I kind of took things a bit more seriously, because uh, I I didn't want to lead anymore at this point. I was like, you know what, it's too tedious. I'm going to just play for another team. And again, the leader was a wimp, and so I decided, all right, I'm pissed at this guy, so I'm going to kick him out now again. So I kicked him out again, and I took my own team. And I made uh, what we usually call uh, with uh, the Gaeta lore, it's, uh, the, the Proto-Gaeta team, the Proto-Gaeta era. Um, which uh, the team was called, um, what was it called again? We had the UG Cats, which is the team that I hijacked. Uh, and then we became Divided Assembly, that's how we were called uh, originally. And um, then I met, uh, I mean, the, the, then the Gaeta lore goes on, but yeah. So originally, I, I guess uh, why I came into comp is because I am a very competitive person. Uh, I like to f I like to fight. I like to prove myself that like I'm I'm you know I'm not really better than anybody, but I'm better than what I think I am, and uh, that I just like can push through everything. And 
at this time it was the best thing now i do other things i i retired from this shit and uh, you know i'm uh, i'm more into like fitness and, and fighting and all that i do that a lot of a lot of my week so a lot of my week times as train like what like eight right. hours or so a week more so ah uh, yeah Go so <laughs> what is your competitiveness like was that sort of the main drive to like try and take matters into your own hands to like kind of coup on those teams yeah 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 That's absolutely fair. i was uh I had my own expectations, and I was very disappointed with how the le- the teams were being led. Uh, mostly because people didn't care enough. Probably they saw before me that this game was not really worth tryharding into, which is something they were going to get in right. after. Because, uh, you know, it's like whether or not it's a good choice to try hard in TF2. That's a pretty good question that we could discuss. Uh, but yeah, it's um, I think they didn't really care, uh, which is fair. And uh, I cared, and I was like, all right, let's, you know, let's get this shit done, and let's push. And if the- I wasn't happy with the leadership, I was going to do it myself, and that's something that I do every time in my life. Um, mm. Like Every time something is wrong, uh, I'm the first one to address it. I'm the first one to try to take measures, to try to do things. Because, uh, you know, it's easy to just say, oh, oh I don't like this. Oh, but you got to do something about it then, you know. And if, if you can't do something about it, then either leave or bear the pain, man, you know. Right. Uh, do you think you regret those choices at all to just, like, try and take matters more into your own hands to, like, go against the current leadership? Or do you think it's ultimately, like, something that has sort of defined yourself as an individual and given you just more motivation? I, I think I think it's innate with me. I, I, like, even if you get into, like, more, I guess, personal things, when I was a kid, I was a very stubborn kid. Very, very, very stubborn. And I was always kind of like, I was never really, because I was more shy, I wasn't, you know, very big back then. Uh, and like I mean, I'm still not a huge, you know, hunk of muscle, but like I'm a, I'm a pretty solid guy now. But like back then, when I was a kid, I was uh, more frail. But I was always, always very stubborn. I let nobody step on me. I let no authority take control of what I was doing. I was just like, all right, I'm doing this, and if you don't like it, then fuck you. And it kind of came into this, you know, when I played TF2. And um, I think if you want to, if you want like a more like, like broad uh, answer to this. Uh, that we can apply to everybody else. I think it's like leadership. I've talked about it a lot because I mentored a bunch of teams uh, and a lot of people. Uh, leadership, I think, is an innate trait. Um, you can become a leader, but some people like are more like natural-born leaders. You know? Right. Like, they will take matters in their own hands and they'll say, "Okay, like this is naturally like this is what we need to do. This is what you need to follow. The instructions are this." Um, they'll have a better sense of, I'd say, an analytical, uh, also social. So I I'm trying to look for my words here. Oh, like yeah, the social sure. approach, the psych- psychological approach uh, of like you know the the like a crowd psychology, team psychology. When you understand those things like naturally, it makes you a good leader. And um, I'm not gonna you know say oh I'm the best leader in ETF. So there's some fantastic leaders. I mean when you think about like CJ Clark, uh, other I mean I'm talking about like EU people, uh, Stingan, uh, Pahan, very overlooked leader, but he was very impressive leader in many aspects. Uh, there's a bunch of people that are very impressive that have accomplished more than I did, probably because they, at the end, committed more than I did as well. Because you know, I, I realized it wasn't the best thing to do. But yeah, is I'm I'm still I still consider myself as a pretty solid leader. I've done a lot of good things with Gaeta, right? And um, yeah, I I think this is kind of like yeah I I really it didn't really define me like it was kind of in me from the beginning, and uh, from there like it just kind of you know, became more. And even to this day, I can say that one thing that's like cool with me that I can notice that I've learned from TF2 uh, and that I can apply in my real life is that, yeah, I have like leadership skill, I have management skills. So I can apply that when I work. I can apply that when I am like, you know, in a, in a sports team in anything, I can always apply that aspect because I know how things work. When I was like in, in school, I was like doing group project. I was always leading. I was making sure everything was okay. So I have that in me. Yeah, it sounds like TF2 really just helped you grow and realize how you are as a person. Uh, oh, yeah. Do you think maybe the like personality in that sense is a lot more important than maybe it gets credit for in regards to just games in general, especially the more competitive side, though? Uh, you mean personality in competition? Yeah, like specifically in the uh, context think, of games. I think, honestly, if that can, you know, maybe uplift some people, because I know, I know, like, even myself, you know, I've suffered with my own issues, and I was like, I didn't really believe in myself. Uh, I had, like, a lot of doubt. And, um, like, what you need to understand is that, yeah, some people are born leaders. Uh, some people are born also, you know, seven feet tall and gigantic and huge and all that shit. But 
it doesn't mean that you can't be the best version of yourself. You can be like as strong as you can. So yeah, some people will be just, you know, better as in naturally. But you can also learn to become better. And I'm not talking about the morals here. I'm talking about the performance, you know, like morals. You can learn to be better too. Um, but in terms of performance, like, you know, I think morals, it also depends with like some things like chemicals in your brain and whatever. I don't know. But like in terms of performance for anything, you can always decide to just, okay, like go in and, and learn and, and push yourself. And then you will become good. Eventually, if you keep trying, if you, if you are humble and if you're willing to learn, you will become better. So I think it's 50 50. Hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Like it's definitely some uplifting, inspiring stuff to hear. I'm gonna try not to ramble too much as well, cause like I know I tend to ramble a lot and get into tangents. So oh no, feel if free I'm to not making any fucking sense, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, feel free to sense. I'm following along all the way, and I'm glad to go wherever you want to go. It's really just about you. Ah, uh, great. Okay. Okay. So what do you? So you said you start off as a spy main, right? Oh, God forbid. Yes. So <laughs> my follow up to that is, uh, you you are French, correct? Oh no, the question is coming. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. You know where it's coming. coming. No, no, yeah. genuinely though. Yes, like, um, was I'm French? Is your was your nationality like an inspiration, like to picking spy to start off with at all? I just have to ask. No. I, I, no. I understand. That's a good question, but no. Uh, the reason why I started playing spy back then because because the ambassador was fun, and <laughs> I tried to. I was. I remember back then. I was. I mean, I was having a lot of fun playing ambassador and like headshotting people for one or two across the map. Even though my aim was garbage and my positioning was garbage, I was trying my best. <laughs> and uh, basically, when um, when I started playing, I, I liked playing spy for the challenge. I was like, all right, that's that's pretty hard to play. Um, and so, how can I push this class to like its absolute limit? And um, I decided to play Spy for that reason exclusively. Uh, the fact that Spy is French uh, was just fun to me. I was like, oh, that's cool. He Sometimes I'll hear him like speak. Mm. But for those who don't know, um, Spy's French is pretty broken. Like it's, oh. it, it's, it sounds like, yeah, it sounds good. Like it's not, I don't think he makes whenever he speaks French, which is rare. Uh, I don't think he makes too many mistakes, but like his accent is very clearly just like an American speaking French. So it's he, he, there's an effort though. There's an effort. It's not just completely destroyed French, but it's very clearly like he has an accent that you wouldn't hear from like a French person. Do you think that's intentional on the TF2 team's part, or do you think it's just they couldn't find a good French actor for it? I honestly, it's a good question because like I speak Russian a bit, and I know that heavy doesn't have also like the best, the per most perfect Russian accent. I think, you know, obviously if you ever interview Russian players, uh, they'll tell you the same, but to a bigger extent, because my mm -hmm. Russian is not perfect. But like, it's the same for heavy. Um, so I think it's just that they, maybe it could just be because they thought it was a bit goofy. Yeah. They didn't want to get too realistic right. about like Spy being from France and Heavy being I from know. Russia. And if you yeah. look at it, right? Like a lot of the TF2 characters are sort of caricatures in that way. Like you have the soldier, you have oh, the yeah. scout. So I could definitely see that. All right. Yeah, I can see that absolutely. I think it, it may be intentional. Maybe not. We'll never know. I think intentionally. It has its charm. It has its charm for sure. Like I'm never. I'm not gonna rage. Oh, Spy doesn't speak proper <laughs> French. I don't care. Right. It's good. I love Spy. It's a very funny character. Very well written. I mean, I don't think there's any character in the cast that I don't like. So, yeah. <laughs> what are your thoughts on uh, the uh, political ideology of the pirate class? Oh, the political ideology of the power class. Uh, yeah. I think he's uh, he's a bit too left leaning. He should uh, check ah, himself and become liberal. more conservative. Because uh, as you can see, uh, the power class caters to a lot of people that uh, you know we could refer to as degenerates. And um, yeah, I, I think it's time to go to yeah. church, like Kevin, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Kevin is just the yeah. worst of the Fuck you, Kevin. <laughs> oh, you're you're missing so much, by the way. Please on the on the Gaeta Snapchat. Like we got the fucking Kevin snaps with like he's completely wasted. Oh, and he's partying. No. It's 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 very funny. It's it's fucking Kevin. Alright. Yeah. So um is that something that sort of other people would joke about a lot back when you did play Spy though? Like, oh he's French. I mean we have like some stigma, but people didn't really care. Like we had right. some some people it was like light stigma. It was never like, Oh you're French, so you're playing spy. It was never mean. And to be fair, if it's mean it's like Okay. Okay. And sure. You know, like you can, you can say anything else. Like even if you were in the street, you're looking at me. You say, "Hey, by the way, you're ugly," and I'm like, "All right, man." Like you know, I don't give a shit. So you can say what you want. So even if they said, "Oh, you're you're French and you must be spy," haha, hey, XD. 
I find some people because it's easier. Obviously, in the street, people don't really fuck with me because you know people are mostly normal. Um, and if they do, then well, you know whatever happens happens. But it's more like in in online, you know, online people just kind of don't fear. And like a lot of people that are online, they're kind of like terminally online. And um, well, not a lot of people are terminally online, but some people that mostly the people that act up are terminally online, right? Hmm. And these people will always be kind of like disconnected from reality, so they'll say whatever they want. Uh, they'll be super rude, you know. Those are the people that will, ironically, you know, call people the N word, which I'm not gonna say. Uh, and uh, Excellent. Like they'll, they'll, yeah, <laughs> like they, they'll call people the N word, or they'll call them, um, you know, homophobic slurs or whatever, like oh. unironically. And that's because they don't, they, they know they can't face the consequences. Hmm. So, like, if people, like people, I've had some people come to me and make fun of me for being this or that, or kind of like for being myself as well. But that's because people fear they don't, they want to bring you down, you know. They're like they're pieces of shit, and so they want to take you and bring you down with them. It's like, oh look, you're also a piece of shit. Like I'm a piece of shit, so you must be one too. So I'm gonna make fun of you. I'm gonna like you know, de- de- uh, how to say that? Like uh, under uh, understate your your accomplishments. They they're gonna like, um, I don't know how to say that. Just they're trying they're trying to bring you down essentially. They're trying to bring you down, and um, I've had some people do that, but hmm. you know, I you can do what you want. Can you give me some further insight into the rationale? Like, why do they start thinking that's okay? How do they get to the point of realizing that, hey, I can do this and just keep getting away with it? I'm going to quote uh, one of my favorite philosophers, which is Marcus Aurelius, because uh, they, they don't get no bitches. All right, that's <laughs> what Marcus said. And uh, now, I mean, he is one of my favorite philosophers, but I'm not going to get into his own philosophy. If you start t- talking about philosophy, I can go on for hours. But yeah. I respect he, that. Just to to be real, to be real, uh, yeah, they just don't get no bitches. They go outside. That's the only answers. They, right. they you know, go outside, man. If you if you think like those people, they think that they're entitled to like whatever, and they don't really have to face any consequences for what they do or what they say because their parents didn't slap them enough. So it's like now when they're confronted to something that they don't like or something that like you know doesn't really that makes them uncomfortable, I would say. Uh, they go to that thing and they confront it in a way that a child would. You know, when you're a kid, you see something that you don't like, you cry about it. You're like, oh, no, I don't want this, I don't want that. And those people are the same, but they're adults. So, like, the core is that they just become, like, very reactionary, kind of? Oh, yeah. And, I mean, that's the same for, like, you know, people on Twitter, people on forums. People need to fucking step outside. This is a, a real problem. This is, a, like... Back then, it was kind of a joke, like you know, oh, you need to go outside. But people really need to step the fuck outside. Like, there's I a real problem with this, you know. It's it's becoming an epidemic of people like being so entitled and they think that their opinion is like much more important than everybody else's opinion, and that they need to step over you uh, in order to not get stepped over. It, it's a, it's a shame, you know. But whatever. <laughs> so that I think that's the main thing with those people, main deal with them. Yeah. Hey, I respect it. It takes a lot to just look at that and be able to say that, you know. It's not easy to just go out there and talk about it, yeah. Uh, Do you think that's something that ends up influencing, like, something like the competitive scene a lot? Yes and no. Um, I mean, you know, I've we both played comp, and I think the people that will watch this interview have also played comp. Uh, There's a lot of nerds, (laughs) a lot of real big nerds (laughs) that don't know, that have no social skills, that don't know how to speak to anybody, that don't know how to do anything. But there's also some wonderful people, some really, really good people that I met, some people that I would consider, you know, I mean, some people that I met in real life, even, right. and some people that I would consider brothers, even though I've never met them. I've never seen Honjo's face in, like, what, six years? I've never seen his face. And yet, he is uh, one of the people that I really hold dear in my heart. And uh, a lot of those people also, like, the people that I met, uh, oh, my God, it's amazing people. So, it, it does, I guess... There's a lot of, you know, toxic idiots online. That's because that's what they do. You know, they wake up, they go to their PC, they watch anime, they they jerk off, they do whatever the fuck they do. And then, like, there's also some, just some great people. And even if you're, like, online a lot, you know, I've had moments in my life where I was in a, in a, in a deep, uh, in a deep hole, I would say, where things were not going bad, were not going good. And I was spending a lot of time online, but I never considered myself to be one of those people. Like, it's also, I guess, uh, mental hygiene and discipline. Right. Um, so it's just more like the comp scene is populated in the same way as in average that like the the internet is populated. So you get a lot of gremlins, a lot of good people, a lot of average people, and it just kind of makes like a big melting pot of like all those people, and it evens out, and you get kind of 
kind of like an average. Maybe it's a bit more toxic than other scenes. I don't know. I don't really. I haven't played other games competitively. I haven't really been involved in communities. The only community uh, that I used to be involved in was uh, called Zombies back then when I was a teenager. Oh, but tell, tell I, me I more. Tell that. me more. Oh, okay. Uh, I used to play Zombies. This was my main grind uh, when I was like what fourteen to sixteen to seventeen ish. Uh, so like from twenty. 13 to 2015 ish maybe 2016 ish i played a lot of zombies and i tried to set world records and go in as far as i could like try to get to very high rounds and i was well known actually back then i was a well-known griefer i was playing grief which is a, <laughs> if, if people no, like it's not really that like there's a game mode called grief in black ops 2 oh okay. it's not, i wasn't i wasn't griefing for people i wasn't like going in like, i'm gonna ruin your day but there was a game mode that was super fun but i really really liked that where, like, you would go in, and you were basically teamed up. To, so the people who played Black Ops will remember that. You would team up with, um, like, four people, and you would need to be the last remaining team against hordes of zombies coming your way. And it was super, super fun. I had a blast playing that with friends, real-life friends, online friends. I had so much fun. Like, I, I was much more known as a griefer than as, a like, a runner, a high-round runner. Uh, and I was pretty good at that, too. But it was just, it was my main hustle. And then uh, I realized that uh, I was 15. I was like, you know what? Hey, uh, girls exist. And then, <laughs> oop, Black Ops 2 just kind of disappeared. <laughs> but I still play zombies from time to time. I love that game mode. Sometimes we play with like old old schoolers. We're nostalgic and we, we boot up like Black Ops 2 or Black Ops 3 and we just play a couple of zombies games. It's really cool. I love it. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Before I shift, actually, hmm. I'll go and ask these two questions now. Go ahead. Ah, uh, and then I'll shift the scope a bit, I think, to the social side of you. Ah, uh, so first, do you think that, like, playing TF2, involving yourself in the community, necessarily, like, doing stuff like save TF2, do you think that's necessarily, like, inherently immature, or do you think it's okay to sort of, like, cling on to the game, to the competitive scene? Uh, ooh, that's a very interesting question, once again. The quality of the questions are very good. Uh, I think, like, the, um, the save TF2 movement... Uh, you know, I, I like when people have hope. I like when people try to make change, as I've said, right? Like, you, you've got to try to make change. If nothing happens, if you've tried, that's good. At the same time, uh, I think a lot of people, like, a lot of people that do this, again, not all of them. If you don't save TF2, you're a reasonable person. I respect you. You've done what you thought was good. Uh, and it hurt nobody. So, you know, like, it's not like it was ransacking or anything or like, you're not looting, you know, stores or whatever. It's like, you're just protesting, like, online. So it's cool. But, I mean, yeah, there's an aspect where, like, people will say it's kind of, you have to let go. I can really, I mean, I, I know I'm a TF2 player myself, so I felt it. Uh, I can really understand the frustration of people at Valve for completely neglecting this masterpiece of a game on so many aspects and just giving no fucks about it. When they had all the money in the world, they could have hired a couple of developers just to, to maintain the game, right? To just keep it... We don't need a million hours of content. We don't need like a million weapons, or whatever. Apparently, according to them, we need a million hats, but we really don't. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like it's we need the the, the game to, to be kept afloat. And they had all the money in the world. They decided that they weren't going to use it, and that instead they would just I don't know buy golden fucking toilet paper for Gaben. I don't know. And I understand the frustration. I really do. But at some point, you have to understand that when they have abandoned this game for almost five years now, right? Completely abandoned. No news, no update, nothing. Well, then nothing's going to happen, bro. It's mm. because they don't, see, they don't see an interest in keeping it afloat. And let me also be very clear, because right now, I mean, I have an audience to say that, so I can say it. Um, the game's been dead not just for a couple of years. Like, it's been dead for a long ass time. It's just much better for them in terms of benefits to say, oh, the game, like, we, you know, remember this fucking clip? I remember that. Where, like, they, they recorded it and, like, uh, like they were like, oh, do you have updates for TF2? And the guy said, yes, we have updates for TF2. That's a very, very good thing to say. You know, like, you, you can say anything, bro. Like, it's like, oh, will you do your dishes? Yeah, I'm going to do the dishes. When? Oh, in about 45 years. Yeah. <laughs> They'll be here, they'll be rotting, the fucking ecosystem is going to grow on them, but yeah, I'll do them, I promise. It's easy to say. If they say the game is dead, if they say we will not update TF2 anymore, they will lose money. So they keep the game afloat, they keep cramming in the, the fucking crates with the hats on it, and they, they keep making new effects, new unusuals, blah blah blah. 
and it makes them money. It makes them money. It's better to say that than to say that the game is dead. So they gave up on the game a long time ago. I think about right after the, the, the Jungle Inferno update when they thought, okay, we've angered everybody. There's no way we can make this better. Just Let's just stay silent. And then people are like, why are you silent? I mean, if you've ever been in like any situation like this, it's, it's a very easy tactic to just do nothing. They do like a turn a blind eye, you know, just look at governments, bro. <laughs> it's just <laughs> what they do all the time. So, yeah, the, the game's been dead for a long time. So, safety F2 is not necessarily immature in my eyes, but it's, um, it's kind of like a desperate attempt. It's like they're right. clinging to something that has no hope. Like TF2, the updates for T- TF2 in itself will be eternal. It's, it's c- cemented in meme culture, in internet culture, in gaming culture. It's cemented. Everyone knows the heavy, everyone knows the pyro. Like, we, we all know those characters. We know the music, we know the. Everyone knows that. Even if you haven't played TF2 in 10 years, you still remember. It's like, oh, yeah, that's TF2. But, like, the game, the memory of the game is one thing. The game itself, like, the, I'd say the improvement, the development of the game is done. This is, like, the development of the game is dead. It's been dead for a long time. People need to accept that. The only thing that we really need right now, which is, like, appalling, is maintenance for the bots. And, you know, people say, oh, it's more complicated than, like, sure, fair enough. I'm not a, I'm not a data, I'm not like a, how do you say, like a server engineer. I'm not a, a fucking software, whatever. I don't do anything IT. But, I mean, come on, they've got billions of dollars. They can definitely hire a couple of people, clean the bots, and then it, they will make a good rep for themselves. People will come back to the game. And, I mean, come on, dude. Like, if there's anything that I'm missing here, sure, like, let me know. But, goddamn, like, they just, for me, they just seem lazy. Yeah. Right. So, probably are. what do Go you on. think about the reaction that Save TF2 got? Then, do you think it like changes anything, or do you think it's just a, a sign that Valve should keep the game on life support in their eyes? Like, what's their rationale here? Okay, so I'm gonna ask you a question. Uh, how did it turn out? Because like, I I really don't follow anything. Uh, I don't have to. Wait. I, I, have to I guess I'm just like time. mostly referring to in this context to like the minor updates and bug fixes we've gotten. Like, oh, right. Do you yeah, think okay, that's so... a sign that maybe like I don't know things are gonna change a bit, or do you think it's Valve just no. like seeing it and being like, okay, we should do some basic things? No, no. It's when the people are starving. If you throw them a crumb, they'll eat it like it's a fucking spaghetti plate. You know, right? Like you you give them a a, a little server update. And it's like, oh my god, TF2 is save! Soy Jack emoji, you know? No, no, it's nothing. Like the this is the, the bare fucking minimum. Uh, it's like it's like if you tell me, oh, do something. And like you're laying in your bed, you, you smell, you reek of shit, you haven't given up in like days. Do something, okay. And you just like turn the other side. It's like you have done something, congratulations. But it's nothing. So what do you say like the solution to this whole thing, like for the on the community's end is to just like kind of recognize that we aren't getting help from the outside a bit and focus on just su- being able to sustain ourselves in a, yeah, in a sense? Yeah. Okay. The, the community, uh, I feel bad for it because we have done a tremendous, if more than, tremendous is not enough to describe like what TF2 has done for, like the TF2 community has done for itself with like lands, events, charities, servers, content creators stepping forward, doing some crazy stuff like Uncle Topia, all of this. This is crazy. Like TF2, the people have done just some 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 next level things. Next, next level that no other community would have done. I am <clears throat> sorry. Yeah, I am convinced of that. That they, they would not do something of that magnitude. But this is the only thing that we'll get. Right? Like the only the, there will be no updates, there will be nothing, there will be no help. We're on our own. God help us. <laughs> but yeah, the community, I can only salute for the, the crazy amount of work that we have put in. Like, I, I can think of, I'm going to give a shout out to Mastercom. <laughs> I'm not sure if Mastercom is, is, a, is a girl or if it's trans. I know people call him or her she, I don't know. So I'm just going to refer to Mastercom as she. Um, maybe I'm mistaken. If Mastercom sees this, I'm sorry if you're a dude. <laughs> no, like, Mastercom, uh, I think if I remember well, has done like uh, a massive fucking reworking of the code of the game and this optimization polishing. And uh, I remember back then they said, oh yeah, we would be interested in putting that into the game code. And then they backed out. Hmm. And it's like, why? You, you have someone that did all of your job for free and you wouldn't just like put in the game and credit that person? Like, 
you know what I mean? Like, the, yeah. like this is the, the amount of work that it would take to like dig into like this crazy spaghetti code and to just even it out and make it like readable and usable and optimize it so it runs normally. You don't have to use a fucking config to run a fourteen-year-old game, right? This kind of stuff for me is mind-blowing that people have this much passion in their heart to do it. And you know, same thing for league admins. Even though we all like to make fun of them, blah blah blah. Uh, I know a league admin in real life, and like they're they're, they're working very very hard for free. Super. Uh, yeah, yeah, Supra. I met ah. Supra in Poland in uh, in twenty twenty, nice. and um, and a lot of, a lot of our people, and they were all wonderful. I mean, this is another story, but yeah, there's the uh, you know these uh the league admins, the the content creators, all of those people. I mean, apart from a couple of scumbags like Wamo or whatever that just do drama, but you know, I mean, I don't really watch them anyway. But like you can see, like SFM people, people that made a lot of content with passion. I, I salute them. I, I bow. I bow to them. This is very impressive. You know, but the, this is the only thing that we'll get, and we need to accept that from now. The only sort of like change will come only for ourselves. Like the, the Valve has given up on this game a long fucking time ago. Right. So, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, allow me to play the part of Valve here. In the words of Valve, "Let them eat cake." That is all. You can replace cake with like a swear, but I'm gonna try to stay polite. <laughs> Fair yeah. enough. It's okay. That, yeah. So, what do you think, like? Do you think the TF2 community is kind of unique in regard in that regard, like the dedication? If so, like what really sets them apart in specific? Like what makes the difference between this game and ev- every other sort of like deadish game? Um, it's hard to say uh, personally, and I don't think I would bring the best answer to this because I have not been involved into too many "quote unquote" dead game communities. That's right. Uh, I've I've only been pretty much involved in TF2, so. I mean, actively very involved in TF2. I used to be again involved in like zombies, but back then it was active, and then I quit, and I have no idea what it is now. I know the zombie community still goes, and I still check on records and shit because you know, but I'm not involved in it. And um, nowadays, I don't know what other communities would do, but I think that just because TF2, I think I think it is unique because TF2 is built on like the Source Engine, which is incredibly useful if you want to make content yourself. And the fact that like it, it kind of drew it, it drew a lot of like very creative people to make right. maps, hats, um, you know, co- like cosmetics, game modes, everything. And uh, this has been going on forever, and I think it will keep going for as long as people will have uh, creative energy to 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 bring into TF2. So it, I'm not sure if this is crazy because I don't really again involve myself with other communities, but it is definitely um, again. I would say co- commendable, salutable. Like it's impressive. It's impressive, yeah. Right. I think another probably like influencing factor would be like the gameplay side of it. Kind of like each class, like it makes for a very interesting casual and competitive experience. Like you compare it to something like Overwatch, right? Where like the hero basically defines the player, but then in TF2, it's like the class defines the tools the players have, but then there's like so much dynamicism because of all the different loadout options and the play styles they cater to, yeah. That again, I have to uh, salute you for the quality of the questions. Holy shit! And uh, it's it's very true. Uh, I think that uh, you know when you see uh, you know people like that play Demonite, uh, people that play like even you know I, I make fun of them all the time, but Kunai spies, uh, <laughs> people that <laughs> you know you know they're my nemesis. Right? I, I beat them up right. for every time I play pubs. I love them, <laughs> and uh, they're free Uber, and uh, like you know people that play you know. Any any sort of goofy class or even classes that are completely ineffective, like friendlies, uh, or like you know meme things, like they'll dress up and like they'll sit in a tree and they'll be like, oh, I am an owl or something. Like when you <laughs> when you see stuff like this, yeah, yeah, this is for me. This is one of the things that kept me loving this game for like a long time. When you pull up to a, to a pub and you see like nine goobers like cosplaying as like some dumb shit. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? And they they're all doing the same stuff, and you're just like looking at them. You're like, you're expecting to just play a normal game, and you see those people. And it's it's very it's very impressive. I, I really like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, wow. You know, right. no other game could bring that. It's just TF2 is so unique in itself. Yeah. So I have about two, like I have one more question and then one more group of questions to ask before I move Go on ahead. back to TF yeah. like uh, your competitive itself. So, uh-huh. uh, what sort of what led you to um just sort of move on from the game? 
Was it just like Ooh. the lack of updates? Like what sort of caused the shift in perspective, right? Well, this is I would say it's 50-50 between real life and uh, a lack of motivation. A lack of lack of goal, lack of goal mostly. Hmm. Uh, I'd say I'm I'm going to talk first about real life because it's shorter. Uh I have moved out a year ago from uh my mom's place because I'm not going to get into too much personal detail but times were really really hard for me. I've had a lot of hard things going on my way and uh, a lot of hard things in my life and you know struggles and health struggles and everything. Uh and uh to be fair if I didn't have my team and if I didn't have uh you know my training as well I've been training so much uh I don't know in what state I would be. Uh I'm again I don't want to get into too much details to personal but I moved out and uh now i'm in this new city and you know i live here and uh, i sustain myself and it's pretty cool uh, i moved in originally for studies but i realized it was a bad plan uh because uh it, it's again personal you know i want to i'm training to become a sports coach and uh, i was in a diet school and diet school was just not really like the diploma the degree uh was not valued enough in the field that i wanted to work in so I stopped because it was costing me money, and then I just started working and certifying myself. And I'm gonna now like try to certify as a as a coach, so I can work in the gym and then move on and make other plans in the future. But so that's like the right. personal aspect, uh, because you know, uh, yeah, like I wanted to to train a lot and go out and make friends and all that again, uh, which is what I did. And um, now my life is looking pretty good, so that's fine. <laughs> and uh, I'm thankful for it. By the way, I want to say it. Bismillah. And, uh, like, on the other side, um, when you reach Prem, which is the highest division uh, in a European Highlander, you just kind of, um, how would I say that? Prem has been roadblocked by the most fantastic team that I think European Highlander has ever seen, uh, if not World Highlander, which is Super Dickman's Canonan. And uh, they are absolutely unstoppable. I don't think anyone will beat them. Um, there's no chance. There's just no chance. They have not only the best players, but they have the best morale, uh, which is something that the number two team lacks a lot. <laughs> a lot. Uh, Clark is a wonderful, he's an amazing leader. He's a very performant leader. He's an amazing engineer, outstanding. And uh, his team is just, you know, too good. It's They're too good. They're unbeatable. Uh, you know, even if they like lose a map, in grand finals, they always come back. Like if you want to make the easiest money of your life, just bet on SDCK. It's uh, they will always win. Maybe not in the season. Like they they lost you know games in the season. In grand finals, they always win. So they, they I think they've won for like ten or eleven seasons in a row now, and they they will keep going as long as they're here. They will keep going. Like the the only way that European Highlander gets a new champion is if they stop. And uh, I don't think they want to stop, so they're just gonna keep going. And so I, when I reached Prem, I played a season. Uh, I didn't do as good as, I mean, not me, but like my team didn't do as good as, uh, as I wanted to. Uh, I can blame part of it on luck. I, I know for sure part of it was luck. We didn't really get too lucky. But on the other side also, you know, like I underestimated some things, some aspects of my team, blah, blah, blah. So there's also leadership mistakes that I owe up to. I know I own up to. Um, and then when the season was done, I was like, do I really want to sacrifice more of my time to try to overthrow a giant for like a, a giant, like unstoppable force, right? For no money, no recognition, no like professional experience, you know, no contracts, no nothing. Do I just want to do that? Like just to say, I've done it. I was like, no, All right. no I, I don't want to. I, I want to do other things with my life. And so I stopped. So it's like the lack of kind of like professionalism that causes a lack of viability in the long term there. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's right. it's a big chain. Like, in a way, like, to bring back to, to come back to what you said, um, lack of updates, right, means that there is no people coming to the game. The people coming to the game, there's, like, no, I mean, you know, there's very few people at least coming and staying to the game uh, nowadays. And so there's lack of interest, and since there's lack of interest, there's lack of money. Even when the game had interest, they had no money into tournaments. So nowadays, there's even less chance. And with less money, there's, like, less reason to involve yourself because it's a right. lot of time, a lot of dedication. Uh, it's about grind, it's about power, whatever he says, you know. Um, and yeah, like, there's why would you do that? Like, you, you're you not like you can't even put in your resume, oh, I've like one European Highlander. Like, if you put that to your resume, you go to like a, a guy that's trying to hire you, or like 
Is it like, what the fuck do you want? Like, what is that? Did you you playing video games? You know, okay. Like, it means nothing. Like, maybe if you're talking to someone that's kind of like you know understands video games and all that, maybe. But it's like realistically, it doesn't bring you anything. Like, no, nothing. The, like, I can safely say, the best thing that I got from Highlander, the best thing I got from TF2, uh, is the friends I made along the way. <laughs> it's it's literally what it is. Uh, as good as the meme is, <laughs> like I, I made, I, I met so many wonderful people. I met so many friends, people that you know gave me advice that comforted me, people that I laughed with, people that I that I drank with, people that I I I wouldn't regret that for anything. You know, as much as I would regret some choices I made in my life, uh this I would not regret. The the people that I met are fantastic and they're wonderful human beings and I'm glad that I know them, you know? Right. So yeah. Uh so what sort of effect do you think having one team that's always like super dominant and wins is and do you think it's ultimately like a good thing for the scene, a bad thing, or just sort of like a product of the scene? It's a bad thing. Uh we can't hold it against them, right? Like they're good, they're here, they deserve, right? Uh, I'm not a communist. I'm not gonna tell you. Oh, we should dismantle the team. No, they're here, bro. Like they come, come and get them. <laughs> so, but it, what is the? It's bad. Like yeah, ultimately, like I'd say for the health, it's bad because since no, since like people don't really join and become superstars themselves, we get a couple of you know new talents. I can think of a few like excellent sniper mains, excellent spies, excellent players that just come in and and just blast through shit and they go to prem. Uh, but then they go here and they, you know what, like they just end up in Feyla usually, or like in Envision, and then they lose in finals, or like in semis, because it's okay. too strong. So, so it, ultimately, like there's, there's like yeah, there's nothing. Like no one can beat them. So it, it kind of brings people away. It's like what's the point, you know? If there was like more fluctuation, if there was a chance to beat them, which there was, at first there was, you know, people were like, oh we have a chance to beat these guys and then people kind of realize oh what's the fucking point you know like why are we what are we doing this for like right. if you play in prem like the moment you step footed to prem and like you can win a game or two and you can be good congratulations you won there's nothing else after that you know okay and what do you say just like that lack of ultimate motivation is what causes sdck to kind of go as uncontested as they are it's 50 50 yeah hmm. what's the uh, other main factor there um it's actually more than that i think like People, yeah, people would need money for this. Like, if there was money on the line, people would probably try more. We, but I'm not saying that I'm not requesting it. You know, it's like Valve would not do it. But if there was like a real reason to involve yourself in this competition, if there was a real reason to overthrow them, to to beat them, take the throne, uh, then people would do it. But there's no reason, so people don't do it. And also because um, I think like the top teams in Prem, like there's they're lacking. I would say solid leadership. I can honestly say it. I don't care. Like they're lacking solid leadership. Fela is lacking solid leadership. Envision, Envision is pretty solid. Honestly, they're. I think leadership-wise, they're more solid than Fela. But I don't know what happens that they fail every time. Like they end up in semis or. But I don't know. Again, big respect to Stingan. He's a, he's a great guy. He's a and like to the rest of his team. You know, shout out to Envision. Uh, but they just lack. Yeah, they're lacking. I'd say the. The, the 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 anger uh in french there's a word for this lagnac you know they're like the the the, the ah you know the grit not really the grit but the you get what i mean the right? willpower kind of to just yeah yeah kind of like the willpower to I really see. just like all right let's do this shit but also not just that but also like the mental discipline because like every time you listen to their comms like if you look at like the povs or like finals and all that they just get super tilted they get pissed and then like they're all like insulting each other and all that because they're they're i think they're mentally weak a lot of them so, what, so you know, they just shit on each other and then they lose. What would the solution to those leadership issues be? Like, how would they fix it? Like, would it be like, I don't know, would you mentor them in leadership or something? Like, what would you see there? Nah, what could be done? No, nah. nah, because as as much as I think that there's a big leadership issue with uh, with EU, like the top teams of EU, um, they have accomplished more than I have, and mm. I would have no uh, legitimate advice what? to give them that they don't know about. So, so I think it's more they, they, they're, like the thing. The thing is like it's more of a personal thing for the leaders themselves. Like I don't know, or, like the the teams themselves, not just the leaders, right? It's a you can be a great leader if you have a, a team of emos. You can do much. Right. So maybe like also like the like I don't want to just like put all the blame on on Joe and on Leila and on Stingan. Definitely not. But like if you um. 
if you come into like a game with a bad state of mind because I don't know like the, there's a lot of like I think personal things and I do not want to allow myself to talk about such things because this is just there was there was be this would be really disrespectful to them as persons so I don't right. want to uh, yeah. I guess just what I'd be wondering then like the final kind of inquiry on the, along that lines is like I don't yeah. know do you think it'd be a good thing for the scene like let's say I don't know if SDCK like if Clark somebody's like has a super successful team like wrote more on leadership like did leadership guides and like tried to teach these upcoming teams more about leadership like just sort of having more like I don't know leadership role models I guess I think I, I think help? I think this is you're seeing this in an interesting way but I don't think it's necessary because I'm gonna quote I mean I'm not gonna quote I'm gonna tell you how I became like uh, a team leader and how I became how I went into prem. Uh, aside from having a lot of fucking time on my hands, uh, I inspired myself directly from CJ, uh, which, if you're going to ask, is not related to my name in Steam. It's just that my family name is, starts with a J, so I put in the end of my name. But CJ uh, was the leader of uh, one of the greatest Highlander teams of all time. I don't think they're the greatest anymore, uh, but he one of the greatest back then. And I, I remember watching his team, watching how he behaved with his team, watching how he organized his team. And I was like, okay, that's how you do it. And so there's many examples. There's a lot of SDCK POVs. There's a lot of um, things. Clark is a very active person in the community. It's very easy to see what he's doing right and what he's doing wrong, which is very, very little of doing wrong, by the way. And um, mm. like, it's very easy. You can just find this information. Like, the, you know, it's you don't really need a guide on Steam to tell you if you really want to, you know, grind and put your heart into it, which I think nowadays is, I mean, even back then, but especially nowadays is a bad idea. Um, you you can definitely find what you want without really like needing a guide right. or anything. But Clark uh, again is pretty involved. Uh, Joe is very involved, and uh, again, you know, I've I've kind of dissed him, but you really have to give respect to him. You get to give credit where credit is due. He is a good leader. He's done some crazy stuff. He's always, I mean, even though he's the number one second place player in all of TF2, uh, he's a great leader. So if he gives you leadership advice, you should probably take it. So there's a lot of good things to, a lot of good content to be taken, but people just need to go and get it. Right. So it's like if the resources are there, kind of like, yeah. it's kind of unrealistic to expect like all the best leaders to just like personally be able to interact with you and just like tell you what exactly to do, whatnot. Okay. It's just, it really yeah, yeah. does come down to a lack of motivation at a certain point. Okay. Sure. Yeah, it's like, like people are just like, oh, we want to get wins. We want, like, I'm going to leave because I'm tired of this. But then they just, like, don't ultimately have the motivation to fully see it through. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I think that's... I do have two more sections I want to get to. One would be just, like, exploring the general social side of EU and, like, just sort of what it's like, along with maybe a bit of the history of EU, like, the big power players, a crash course in European history. And then the second one yeah. would probably be more in, like, your own history, Gata, competitive, like, kind of going transitioning from your time as medic to spy, then more on medic. But I think I will split this off now. It's about seven minutes until... Uh, Nineteen, yeah, and no and I'm figuring we could start that off on a different day or like a different time. Just those two co topics. Yeah, like, uh, I explore. agree. Okay, we we can try if you want. We can try after uh, the games because honestly, I have uh, time. Right, so. I have a mentoring session at twenty three. I'd be free maybe like thirty, uh, maybe at like twenty four though. But that might be a bit late for you. Yeah, that might be a bit. Late. I'm working. Yeah, tomorrow, so maybe another maybe, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. Maybe uh, tomorrow I'm gonna be back from training i can probably do it like 10 p.m my time i don't know if you're busy uh, at the time maybe I'll, you're working by yourself or we'll have to see uh i'll check with me i'm gonna go and end the recording now for here now i think yeah yeah sure sure no all right